On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, I'm going to be talking to an e-commerce email marketing expert called the autoresponder guy. He's an email marketing automation expert here to talk about how to drive up your customer retention and sales using behavioral engagement funnel campaigns. Do stay tuned. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2 x their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the podcast, as usual, dedicated to rapid growth in online retail for ambitious online retailers looking at scaling. Scaling by 2X, scaling by 5X, scaling by 10X. You're on the right show. And... As usual, I handpick the guests that come on the show who share their expertise and experience based on criteria I have. And that criteria is, can my guest help you guys through insights that they provide improve metrics such as your conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic and automate these sales. If they can, then I try my best, as usual, to get them on the show. Right. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking all about email marketing for e-commerce. And this is not just broadcast emails. This is really sophisticated marketing automation emails based on triggered behavior. On, by your customers or you buy visitors on your site. My guest on today's show is a gentleman by the name of John McIntyre, who's also called the autoresponder guy, and for good reason. He runs an email marketing consultancy focused on the implementation of advanced email marketing programs for a wide range of businesses, including online retailers. And what they pretty much use to execute these advanced email marketing programs are behavioral re-engagement funnels. And he's going to talk about what that means on the show. He's also going to kindly share his consultancy's email marketing process they use for their e-commerce clients, which I'll be sharing in the show notes. You will be able to use this process as a checklist either by yourself or just hand it over to a staff member to implement. John McIntyre also runs a popular podcast called the Mac Method Email Marketing Podcast. You check it out. And um, I think it's about time I introduce John to the show. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome you, John, to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Welcome to the show, John. It's good to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. 
good stuff. Could you take a minute or two to tell our listeners about you, please? Sure, sure. So I got started a couple of years ago, basically with an email marketing agency and working with a wide variety of companies, anyone from you know selling software to eBooks to just anything, really, some e-commerce companies as well. And uh, what we've been doing this year is focusing on the e-commerce just because there's so much potential there to, uh, to help these stores out. You've got stores doing sometimes it's, you know $10 million, $20 million, sometimes more than that, and some of them don't even do any email marketing. If they're doing it, they're doing a really bad job of it. So I've decided to focus in on that and now put together sort of a, a program and a process that is specifically for e-commerce. Good stuff. I've come across your program and it's fantastic you're in, in e-commerce because there's, 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 there's a lot of growth now and lots of things are happening in e-commerce. From your perspective, where are you seeing the most exciting sorts of changes in e-commerce and growth? What kind of industries or what kind of e-commerce models are you seeing? You know, a lot of change in, in, in the right direction, in, in your opinion. I think that, uh, I mean, dropshipping, Right now is how a lot of people get into it. I think that's just, I think that's just exploding more and more. You've got people on Amazon, people on uh, just doing it with their own websites, and I think that's such that's an exciting trend because what's happening with a lot of that is people get started and they make a little bit of money. A certain percentage of them are going to keep going with it and they're going to keep pushing further and they're going to build serious businesses with it. Whether with dropshipping, whether they're going to go and you know end up manufacturing their own products and putting something together like that, but they're going to end up moving from you know a business that doesn't produce much revenue at all to building businesses that are doing a million dollars and up. So I've seen it happen with friends of mine, and it's really exciting. There's a lot of opportunity for anyone who wants to get into e-commerce, and there's also a lot of opportunity for anyone who wants to work with e-commerce store owners. I think one of the other really exciting areas in this is uh, Amazon. So I've met plenty of people who are selling on Amazon and they're getting more sales via Amazon than they are via their website. And I've even heard of people who, they've, they've got multiple you know, uh, seven-figure businesses that's doing at least $2 million or more and it's all driven on Amazon. So they're not doing any advertising. So the only marketing they do is sort of gaming the Amazon ranking algorithm, but Amazon delivers all the traffic because it's, you know, it's one of the products. It's the biggest product search engine on the internet. Interesting. Do they FBA with, on Amazon or do they, do they run, run it from their warehouses? I'd be both. Some people would be doing the FBA. Some people are doing it via um, their own warehouse. Oh, awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, let's talk about your. Let's talk about you. <laughs> From your profile, you you live in Australia at the moment, and I think you you also lived in Philippines. Where, where are you based? And you know, tell us tell us a bit about you and your philosophy on on locations and things like that. Yeah. So I've had a sort of a, an interesting story in the sense of I in 2000 I grew up in Australia in Sydney in 2011 I left Sydney to go to the Philippines for basically I took up the uh, role of a marketing director at a chain of beach resorts so it was a great gig and I got to live on the beach what's a job <laughs> Yeah, scuba diving, and basically I was, you know, talking to uh, resort directories, making sure you know people booked into the resorts, and updating the blog, all that sort of stuff. And uh, while I was there, I obviously got a taste for the travel and tra- taste for the lifestyle, and decided I had to figure this out and start my own business here. Uh, so taught myself some uh, some sort of marketing and copywriting stuff, and uh, launched an marketing agency and uh, within a few months was generating some good money and then moved off to Thailand, lived in Thailand for almost three years, left there in February this year, went to the US, well, I went to Singapore first for some banking and then went to, so see what you're Singapore, not Hong Kong, Singapore, then the US to speak at a conference, then Canada to get some work done uh, and go snowboarding and then was down at Necker Island to meet Richard Branson for an event. Okay. And then, 
now I'm in Colombia, Medellin, uh, just because it's a good time zone to be on for doing business with the United States. Absolutely. That's amazing. You're a nomad. You're a nomad. Okay. All right. Cool. And there are two sides of your businesses. Um, one's education and training, I believe, and the other is done for you services could you expand a bit um on on that please sure sure so as the business has grown there's sort of two sides two sort of segment main segments of that audience that you know people that come to me and one one segment is people that some of them are complete beginners they're not making any money at all and they've heard about email marketing and how it's going to help them make money and then so you've got those people you've also got people who have have a business that makes maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year a hundred thousand dollars once you take out you know once you've that's revenue then you've got to pay your own salary, and then you've got your margins on your products, whether you're doing e-commerce or anything else. You might end up with you know twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars after that, when you've got to live off that. Unless if it's a side gig, it doesn't really make. <laughs> oh, got to staff them somewhere. Exactly. You know, a lot of them. That one day there will be people who are making half a million dollars or a million dollars a year. So they're good people to help. And um, so what I did is I created basically a suite of training products on uh, you know different aspects of email marketing. And because up until now, I think I mentioned that I've been focusing on sort of email marketing in general for a wide variety of companies. The trainings, uh, the training is currently focused on that in you know sort of in general. So we've got stuff on copywriting and how to set up like a ten email autoresponder sequence, how to tell stories, sort of just general email marketing stuff. For anyone that wants to learn how to do it themselves. Now on the done for you side, over the last two years, I've worked with. All sorts of different businesses. So software businesses where they're you know, selling some sort of app you know, in the cloud or something like that where they need an autoresponder to sell it. Worked with like, e-commerce guys. Who, one guy was selling keyboard covers. Another guy was selling skipping ropes. Some interesting stuff. Uh, and then a lot of people doing information or you know, services. So selling, you know, I sell a service. And so they might be selling video production for startups. You know, one guy was doing uh, explainer videos for startups, really, really high-end explainer videos. So I worked with a wide variety, right? and so the done for you comes in sort of several different flavors. It can be anything from someone comes in and they just want some copy. That's all they want. They just want me to sit down, write them some emails, and uh, send them back so they can send them out to their list. And then other times, someone wants a complete, uh, complete solution. So they want the copy, they want the software, they want the whole thing set up and the campaign launched and run with no input from them. They just pay the money and it gets done. Okay. Okay. I have a question with regards to the education and training resources. Are they evergreen courses or um, do you launch them at specific times of the year? They're evergreen. No, they're evergreen. Okay. All right. And they're online. You could access them from your website. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Which is themarkmethod.com. Okay. Then with regards to the services in the email part, which I'm more very, very specific about, or which I'd, I'd really like to find out more about it. What kind of e-commerce services do you offer there what kind of work do you do with e-commerce businesses please? well i think one way to think about this is with think about like a bucket and uh, you're trying to fill the bucket up with water and that bucket is a website or a sales funnel of an e-commerce site so someone visits the site they navigate around they find uh, different categories they add products they cut they maybe they buy maybe they don't buy maybe they sign up for a discount now you've also got people who do end up buying but then maybe they don't buy a second time because uh, well, maybe they never got asked or maybe they uh, forgot about it or maybe you're not getting reviews properly. Um, so then basically you get this bucket and the traffic and the customers and the money that that website's generating comes in in the bucket and you know, fills it up like you might try and fill it up with water. But every store has holes in their bucket. 
and most stores have a lot of holes and they haven't done much to plug them. You know, they think, oh, we're just going to drive some traffic from, might be AdWords, or it might be just Google, you know, organic traffic. It might be some Facebook ads. And they're just going to throw some traffic at the site, have like a nice optimized Shopify or Magento or something like that. And they're going to make some sales. And yes, they will make sales, but they won't be making anywhere near as many as they could be. So what you've got is you've got a bucket with a whole lot of holes. And a classic hole, I'd say a decent company is usually going to have this as an abandonment sequence. That, that would be one, like an example of a hole in that bucket where someone is visiting the site, adding something to the cart, going to the checkout, and then leaving because for whatever reason, they, they can't do it. They got distracted because their wife came in or maybe their daughter came in and you know, gra- you know, grabbed their arm and wanted to show them something or maybe they got a phone call. Um, so that's a hole, and a lot of people will plug that with one email, and so therefore that's like plugging the hole with you know maybe a bit of um, with a bit of sticky tape, putting some sticky tape on there, and uh, hoping for the best. A little bit of water will still get out because I, I don't think one email is anywhere near as good as you know three or four emails, especially when you add some more strategy. And a lot of people only do they just drop out a discount, but then a discount will often devalue the product and, and can have other you know, sort of negative consequences down the line. So just throwing out a discount in your abandonment sequence is one way to do it, but it's not the best way. And so that's that's one example of a hole in sort of that e-commerce in an e-commerce business's funnel, uh, the funnel being the ways that someone buys. Uh, so what we do is I come in and I'll set someone up with a. There's really two sides to it. You've got basically several automated campaigns that you can set up. Depending on the store, you can set up tons of them. So you might you know only need to set up four or five, but depending on the setup of the store and the products that you're selling, and sort of just it really depends on the context. You might need to set up ten different campaigns or fifteen different campaigns, and these are all automated. So once they're once they've been set up, they just go on running for you and generating more and more and more money. A really cool thing about this, I, mean, I was looking at uh, some e-commerce software last week that I think we're going to start to package with our clients. You can log in and they just track the revenue per campaign that you send out. So you can log in and just look at all the different revenues. And I remember looking in and you know, you've got this campaign here. It's, you know, it's doing uh, it's $80,000 or something like that. And just being able to log in and see... Say each campaign laid out. Here's the campaign. Here's the dollar. Like this campaign, sixty thousand dollars. This one, ninety-five thousand dollars. This one, fifty thousand dollars. And that is, I imagine, that this is why I want to use the software. I think we're going to white label it. That visibility is, is is there, yeah. The ROI is there, yeah. Uh, absolutely, and the ROI is there just in your face. So, so I, I I'm guessing there are kind of like two aspects of email marketing. One is the capture part, and the other is the sequence. And the messaging, you know, what happens when you capture the emails? You know, how do you communicate with with clients or your customers when when you have their email addresses and you're, you know, having a conversation with them? Do you also consult in the email capture? And what would you do if you you do that? Absolutely. So we'd be assisting or we help people with the entire thing. So everything from getting people onto, you know, into their database to you know, making them buy down the line. So as far as getting them on, I mean, this is going to vary. Again, it's going to vary based on how aggressive you want to be, based on sort of the marketing that you want to do. And the best example of this was a sweepstakes company that I chatted to, I think it was last week. And they do, they're doing about $20 million a year in sales. They're doing a great job. About 50, so about 40 or 50% of their revenues via email marketing actually. They're doing really, really well with their email. And where they succeed is other companies in their space that are only doing, say, a couple million dollars a year. And the reason they're at 20 is because they are very, very aggressive about their marketing. And not just with, they don't just use AdWords and have a pop-up on the site for when someone visits. They're on Facebook spending money and getting, you know, three cents a click to get people to a site to sign up to some sort of, basically it's a funnel. 
right? So, so you create a landing page with some sort of like sweepstakes style game, and you you know when you you know fill out the game to get you you know to get you sort of coupon or whatever, you have to sign up and put it in. Now, so they're they're doing a lot of like outbound marketing, like like bringing people to the site with advertising. Now, a lot of companies aren't going to do that, and so they're probably not going to have as much use for. I mean, they should do that, but most, most companies won't. Uh, they're not going to have as much use for, say, setting up a landing page like that. What companies should do, what every company should do, is at the very least have uh, a variety of ways for people to sign up to the database on the website. I mean, to start with, you've got your pop-up, which everyone knows what a pop-up is. You've got your, you know, show it up either immediately or, say, 30 seconds after someone arrives and make them some sort of relevant offer, which it can be a 15% off coupon or it could be something else. It could be like a buyer's guide for something. I've got another friend who does like a sort of a 21-day campaign uh, that busts some of the myths around the products that he sells. So like if you have a product that sort of maybe there's a lot of misconceptions around it or it's a bit controversial, you could probably put together some sort of guide or some sort of you know, course that explains these myths. So it's going to vary based on, based on what you're doing. But a pop-up isn't the only thing you can do. What I would also do is set up what's called an exit intent pop-up, which is different in that it only appears when someone goes to leave the website. And it's a great time to make a sort of a final ditch offer because otherwise they're gone. That would be a good time to make a discount offer. You can also, I would also be having something somewhere on the side, whether it's in the sidebar or at the bottom. And the problem that most people, most companies I see make with their, with their email opens is this is what you should never do is don't just say, oh, sign up to our newsletter for free tips and advice and group and that's so vague that no one really cares. You need to make a, a very specific offer. So that's why the discount offer can work. When you say, all right, sign up, we'll send you a coupon for 10% off or 15% off. That's very clear. That's exactly what they're going to get when they sign up. If you say we're going to send you a 37-page buyer's guide on you know, the product, you're like, all right, well, that's great. I know exactly what I'm going to get. And so you've got to be very specific. So don't use the whole like free newsletter, free updates, free blah, blah. You know, that's just lame. Uh, it's not going to work as well. So then it's just looking for way, other ways to put them in. You can have um, a pop-up that you put down. Well, not really a pop-up, but a, an opt-in section in the bottom section of your website, sort of in the, the footer. Another one you can test is, yeah, they're going to have it. You can use uh, different plugins. I think Sumo Me is one of them. It's going to pop up as someone's slot. Like when, you, when they scroll down the page, it's going to slide up from the bottom. There's, I mean, someone might say, well, you know, if you have all these different, you know, email sort of opt-in mechanisms on the side, isn't that going to stop people from buying? It's like, if they actually want to buy right now, probably not. Even if instead they sign up to your email list and they don't buy straight away, because maybe a small percentage will do that. Now you have them as a lead, and now you can make them buy more over time. Yeah, as you alluded to earlier, they're in the funnel. You're trying to get them in the funnel, at the top of the funnel, and then it's left to you with um, with a messaging to, to 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 guide them through to a sale. Awesome stuff. Okay, so three scenarios. I have three scenarios here in e-commerce, and there might be a few others, but these are my three scenarios. Um, one scenario is a retail business with a very high average order value. Um, say they're selling pianos or wooden flooring. Chances are they're only going to sell that once ever, maybe once in 10 years or maybe once in 20 years before they think about you know making a change. Second scenario is like a fashion retailer where you know they have a new offer in every season. So, so pretty much every three months. And then third scenario is a specialist retailer of, say, maybe headphones or iPhone or phone covers, something like that, where there is a potential for you to sell once a year or once in two years. How would you kind of address email marketing in each of these three scenarios? Say, let's start off with the, the high order value. Okay, so with the high order value... Uh, one thing that you're going to have is a lot of people aren't going to visit a site and buy straight away because it's a 
it's a high cost, right? You're buying a piano for ten thousand dollars. It's not something you're just going to jump on. Even if it's a thousand dollars, it's not something you're just going to visit. It's not a throwaway purchase. You're probably going to want to think about it. Maybe talk to your, you know, husband or wife or kids or whoever. Uh, and so, one of the best things you could do in that situation is get them onto the database, right? They're not going. They're probably not going to be that pushed by. Uh, now, I'm a musician, so I wouldn't be that inspired by like a coupon, but I would be inspired by something that's going to explain how to get the absolute best piano possible at the best price. Find, I would create an offer like that to get them into the database when they visit the website. Uh, and then once they're in the database, you can start using different campaigns to sell them different, for example, pianos. You can have a nurture sequence, which goes through, teaches them, say, how to find the best piano at the best price, the best sounding piano at the best price. Uh, then you can also start pointing them to the best products on your site for that. And if they visit visit any of those pages, you can then add them to sort of like a custom email sequence automatically that then sells them specifically on that piano. Now, that would be the first thing I'd do. Uh, the second thing I would do is if you're only selling pianos and you're not selling, say, piano stools or music books or uh, metronomes, anything that a piano player might need, then you're missing out on a large source of revenue and profit. So instead of just selling pianos, what you should do is either go and manufacture some products or go and get some products that you can sell that piano players are going to be interested in because that's additional money for you or go and do a partnership with someone so you can sell their products. Yeah, stools, metronomes, music books, maybe other musical instruments that piano players like to play, you know, recording devices, all sorts of stuff like that. These are all ways you can add money to every order. So, and this is stuff that people are going to buy, like music books. Maybe they can sign up for a music book subscription when they pay $100 a month. Just different ideas like that. There are always ways to maximize the revenue per order, even if people are only buying once. And that's not in there. The other thing that sort of I alluded to before with that first step is that people who buy, even if they only bought once, once every you know 10 years, there's still a lot of things you can do with email to increase the conversions just to get that first sale. I, I really like that in terms of like you're, you're hacking their business model. So, so you might um, start off by creating email sequences, but you know, you might, you know, give them alternative ways to, to actually drive in more revenue. Very interesting. Okay. Let's move into fashion retail. So, um, a scenario where basically your, your entire inventory, almost your, your entire inventory actually changes every three months because, um, you know, it's quite seasonal for, for all four seasons. How would you kind of approach or how would you advise, um, fashion retailers listening to, to, to this show on, on how to go about, um, email marketing capture and automation? So I think this is, this is sort of at the opposite end of the spectrum. People with fashion, they're going to want to buy the new shirt or the new dress, the new whatever, uh, every three months. So some of them are going to buy you know, every single time it comes out. So I think in a situation like this, what matters is the relationship that you have with that audience. Uh, so instead of always, always selling them, always pitching them, I would uh, start to build a relationship with them and probably create a blog uh, on the site. Add a personality to it, so put a face to the blog, whether it's, it can be the owner of the company, it could be someone else, just some sort of personality. You know, obviously, if it's a men's company, use a man. If, if it's a sort of women fashion, use a woman. Uh, and then every three months, you're obviously going to run some sort of promotion where you're going to you know, launch the new line and you know, maybe you do like a promotion for the first week where you give them all like a 5% off discount. And then after that, it just goes to the normal price and sits like that for the next three months. Now, what you're doing with your email marketing things, you're still getting people onto the database, but what you're doing with the nurture sequence is instead of always promoting a always just promoting the same products what you'd be doing is pointing people to the blog it could be videos on how to you know wearing a dress or something or how it's made or the inspiration for this season and so you'd be engaging them with content that's that that sort of educates them about 
the clothes uh, and gets them inspired and you know excited about them. Yeah, and then I mean, along with all that, you do all, all the you know look for all the different holes you can plug. So obviously, you want to add your card abandonment. Maybe you know if you've got a line of new clothes, maybe one or two of them are going to be like the most popular ones, or just the the ones that most people are going to want to buy. All the ones that, you know, the most work went into it, just the main sort of feature of that range. You can then have custom campaigns, just like as, uh, with the pianos. Uh, when people visit a page, and you obviously know they're interested now in that thing, you can then send them an email that says, hey, look, this is the, this is the one that's been most popular this season. This is all automated. But you can start to say, well, this is the one that's been most popular this season. Here's what Sarah said. And then you send them a testimonial. What's your opinion? You know, in, in the info world, it's pretty much established that text-based emails work best, especially with marketing automation. Everyone's doing it. But um, for e-commerce, um, from, from your experience with the clients you're working with, are you seeing full HTML emails, graphic emails, or are some segments in, in email marketing actually doing text emails? What's, what's he looking like and what would you advise e-tailers to, to adopt? I think, again, it depends on it, – it's all context-dependent. So if you're selling a product where someone's just looking for the cheapest price, you don't really need much text. You just need to tell them what the price is. On the contrary, on, you know, on the other hand, if you're selling a product that requires – like a piano. Like a, a piano would be good with probably – I would use more copy with a piano because it's a higher purchase price. It's a much bigger decision. And so you, I would take the time to educate them and you know, talk to them about it. So it wouldn't necessarily mean that you have to have really, really long emails, but it's just that copy is more useful when it's a more complicated purchase decision. And if you're selling a product that people often get confused about, like, like I said, anything that's controversial, anything that people might be a bit skeptical of, that's when copy becomes useful. So it depends why people are buying. Are they buying your stuff because it's the cheapest? Are they buying it because it's the most prestigious? Are they buying it because it's you know, for some other reason? And so when you understand that, then you can start to understand, well, what, what's the sales process? What's, what's the best strategy we can take to sell this product? Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. What about the third scenario, specialist retailers selling maybe headphones or phone accessories that probably gets people to purchase? An average customer purchases once, twice a year or once or twice in two years. How would you go about communicating, first of all, um, with a lead um, who's not yet purchased and an existing customer to nudge them to purchase in more? Well, first of all, you'd say so you'd want to get, be getting people onto the database. I think this is partly going to be people who are, some of them are going to be price sensitive and they're going to be looking just for a cheap price. So they're going to be interested in a discount, but they're also going to be, you know, if I was looking for headphones, I'd love to find out, you know, what's the top five headphones this season? If you can tell me that, then I'm actually really interested. And you can have it for different price points. Like, here's the top five luxury headphones, you know, $300 and up. But then you can also have, here's the top five headphones for, you know, $50 and below. And so you can have different things like that. And then, of course, you stock all of those different headphones. So when someone signs up to the list, you offer them this buyer's guide, 2015 buyer's guide to headphones. And they sign up, they get that. And then based on what they do, they're much more likely to purchase. And some of them are going to be buying those uh, expensive headphones. Now, that would be the, the, be the prospect sequence. And as far as like how you'd sell it, because you'd send them the guide and then you just walk them through it. Because a lot of people think, oh, once I send them my ebook, what do I do after that? Well, what you can do is a lot of people aren't going to read that ebook. They're just going to flick through it. Maybe they don't pay much attention to it. So you can, you know, in email number two, you can say something like, um, you know, have you checked out the headphones in, uh, in the buyer's guide? Number two, the second one in, you know, in the $50 to $100 category is XYZ, and it's amazing because of this. You just copy and paste whatever's in the book to that email. And so you can start to use the emails. You're really just looking for excuses to communicate with them because the more you communicate with them, the more likely they are to buy. Every time that you mention, you send them an email and you mention a product, you mention your company, you mention something it's another opportunity for you to link to your website and have them click over so if you've got this buyer's guide 
You can email them once a week, twice a week, and just check in on them. Because some people are going to buy it straight away. Some people are going to buy it a week or two later. Some people are going to buy it a month or two later. And so you just always want to be staying present. So when they're ready, when they go, yep, now I want these headphones. My, my current ones just broke. You know, they're ready. You're the first person they think of, the first company they think of when it comes to headphones because you're the one that's been nurturing them and giving them great information and being fun and cool and not being too, you know, not being annoying. You don't want to be annoying. So that's how I do it there. And then as far as what you do on the post-purchase, you want to understand that how often people do purchase. So if it is every two years or every year or something, you, know, you might say I have something like every six months. You know, I'd always push them to go a little, bit, uh, you know, a little bit shorter. Every six months, you just set, you know, trigger up to set up these campaigns to automatically go out after six months. It's like, hey, you haven't bought in six months. How are those headphones going? Though I would probably do more like three months because I go through headphones quite quickly. So I would do every three months. And then if, because if people aren't interested, they go, no, I'm not interested right now. I'm not going to buy it. So every three months, you just check in with them again automatically. That says, "Hey, you know, you bought your you bought your XYZ headphones, you know, three months ago. Just wanted to check in and see how they're going." And then you can have you just say like that. You don't even have to pitch them anything on that email. Just let's hit reply and let us know. Like we just wanted to know how your headphones are going. That'll be a really interesting email to get. It's like, why are they selling you something? And then the next email, if they don't reply. You could say something like, hey, look, we didn't hear from you, so we're a bit worried about you. You know, We think maybe your headphones have strangled you or killed you or something. So you know, obviously they're broken now and you probably want a new pair of headphones. So here's our top three picks for blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's, it's all about being top of mind, top of mind, top of mind. So, so when they're ready to purchase, you know, they, they just type your name on Google and just, um, you know, get through to you. Awesome. Okay, good stuff. You know, I've always wondered, I'd always like to ask an e-commerce expert um, on their thoughts on personalization. What are your thoughts on this personalization movement pretty much, this trend on personalization? And how do you think email marketing can benefit from personalization are we kind of have we maxed the you know personalization as a technology out or are these just the starting blocks really or is this just the starting point in personalization what what are your thoughts as far as like just putting someone's name in the email and saying hey you know hey john hey currently like it's it's i mean that starts just being everyone knows that it's just all automated it doesn't really mean anything uh, I haven't seen any conclusive evidence anywhere that using someone's name like that increases conversions. Everyone has a different opinion on it. However, I think as far as the personalization goes, it's a very valuable tool. And the reason why is that in an ideal world, when it comes to sales and marketing, every single person that comes towards your business, coming you know, enters sort of your business's vicinity, would get a custom funnel. So they would have like a sales funnel that's catered to them, like a one-to-one sales funnel. Now, the problem with that is if you're getting 10,000 visitors to your site every month, it's going to be quite hard to create 10,000 funnels, partly just because that's a lot of funnels and you don't know what every single person's like. So you don't really have the, you don't really have the ability to customize it to that degree. But that would be in an ideal world, you would be talking to each, each single person uh, having a one-on-one conversation the, the same way a salesperson does. And so when you think about it like that, if you could do that, that would be the best thing you could do. It's like, all right, well, how can you sort of emulate that and create that same sort of uh, personalization in you know the way it operates and this is where i like to um, go to something that i've been calling behavioral re-engagement and so a lot of people think like marketing automation so marketing automation is interesting so it's a very sort of technical word a lot of people don't really understand what it is behavioral re-engagement uh, is a lot easier to sort of understand a lot from like how to set it up and also from the benefits of it and what behavioral re-engagement means is basically re-engaging the people who visit your site 
based on their behavior. An exa- a, a simple example of this is a, is a card abandonment sequence. Someone visits your pay- site, adds something to their cart, visits the checkout, and then leaves. They've demonstrated a certain behavior, and now you can use technology to follow up with them, to re-engage them based on that behavior. So on a very small level, you've got a sales funnel that's sort of real-time sales funnel evolution. Like it's evolving on the fly to how people operate. Now, the card abandonment sequence is just one really simple example. It's very unsophisticated because a lot of you know a lot of companies do this. Now, like I said, you can actually do this a lot better than just one email. So a lot of people do it, but they don't do a very good job of it. Another example of this is if you did like an 80-20 distribution or 80-20 analysis of the products on your site, you'd probably find that your top sort of, you know, you have like one, two or three, maybe five products to get almost all the traffic. And so what you can do is usually people treat all the products the same as far as the other marketing goes. They just, you know, maybe they put the most popular ones on the homepage or something like that. But what you can do with email marketing is you can create campaigns where if someone visits the page of your top number one product, that maybe there's a complicated purchase thing, uh, you can then add them to a campaign and say, hey, look, we noticed you visited this page. You're interested in this product, but we noticed you didn't buy it. So let's, uh, you know, we just we put together some information for you so you can make a better decision. And then so you might have some testimonials in there. You might have, obviously, there'll be a discount at the end of it. Yeah, testimonials, maybe a story about a customer, about what, how they used it. Maybe sort of like a step-by-step guide on how it works. Maybe a buyer's guide as well, like the reasons why, you know, how to choose a product in this category, how to make a good decision. And then, yeah, like I said, the discount, but you put the discount at the end, not the start. So you try and get them first with non-discount related offers, and then you follow up at the end with the discount if they still haven't purchased. Now, it sounds simple enough. But where the, those sort of things really excel is because they're engaging people based on their, like I said, their behavior, based on how they operate on your site. So, so, so you pretty much create funnels that will be triggered on certain actions, which you, you deem quite high value. Exactly. Exactly. And then you just try and perhaps just look at your top 10 or whatever, your top, you get like maybe 10 or 20, whatever number, and then you start to put that sequence of how you'd like to re-engage with them you know when they take for instance you, you have a high value category page and then you could you know so so you could send emails based on that i guess if they visited that um, category page or a product page really really good stuff behavioral re-engage i'm going to read more on that um after this call <laughs> okay what about in e-commerce your email platforms of choice from an e-commerce standpoint i've heard a lot um about in the info world again infusionsoft and uh, mailchimp but in e-commerce um what transactional email marketing platforms would you recommend and suggest, please? Well, I wouldn't recommend Aweber or Infusionsoft or any of those. The reason why is most of those, you know, most of those product products, they're not designed for e-commerce. So you're not really going to get the value from it. You can do like a straight autoresponder sequence when someone signs up to the site. But if you really want to increase the revenue by, like I said, anywhere from 10 to 50%, you're going to need something that's quite, you know, a lot more advanced. And you're going to want something that tracks everything correctly. If you go and use Aweber to do this, you're not going to have any idea which, you know, what's making money for you or not. What you want to do is go and get – I'm looking at two right now, uh, and we're actually about to – I'm considering putting my own software for this just to – just because I give us all the customization. But you've got Clavio and uh, Remarketing. Now, to give me an idea, what, what sort of level are your listeners at in terms of reven- uh, revenue? Mid-tier, from $1 to $50 million. Okay. So you've got – well, these would be like to Remarketing and Clavio. As far as I spoke to them, I spoke to Remarketing last week. I'm actually speaking to Clavio today. They're doing a demo of software. Uh, they're servicing companies that towards more of the lower end of that range, maybe one to five million or one to ten million. But you can go in there. Remarketing is the one where you can log in and you can see various campaigns 
all done by revenue. So you can log in and see the 10 automated campaigns that you have and look, oh, this one's done $150,000, this one's done five hundred. this one's done fifty. And so it gives you a very, very quick look at whether it's working or not. Plavio is very similar. I, like I said, I'm doing the demo today, so I haven't actually seen it yet. But you can go in there and look at it. It's very much the same thing. You can just track the revenue from all the different emails and campaigns you have in there, whether they're broadcast campaigns like a newsletter or an automated campaign. Now, if you want to go to something bigger, uh, one thing that I was looking at uh, also last week was Bronto. Bronto, yes. Um, the, the big daddies, aren't they? Quite expensive, though. That's the big one, yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. So you got Bronto. They don't, we might work with them in the future. Right now, we're not. But Bronto, yeah. Bronto is the big, uh, as far as I understand, it's the big heavy hitter in the industry. I've, heard, I've had some guests on here that use um, Bronto, and they only have good things to say about Bronto, but um, the cost of entry is quite high. Uh, okay. Then with regards to size of database, um, what's a sweet point for starting either behavioral re-engagement campaigns or marketing automation in you know in the general sense well i'd say the size of the database is it's sort of like that's beside i think it's rather irrelevant because what what matters is the revenue if you're doing 50 million dollars a year look and you're not doing much email marketing right now you're doing a poor job of it which it's may i'm still surprised at how many companies are doing a poor job of it even sizable revenues right like i figured of a 20 million dollar company they said so they sell a product a bit like the piano it's not a musical instrument but but it's something that people might buy once every 10 years. They're doing $20 million a year and they're not doing any email marketing because they don't believe they need to do it. So they're sitting on a couple million dollars probably spare, like just revenue. They're just leaving it on the table and they're throwing it away into the wind just because they think it's a waste of time. And I, I just can't believe that. So yes, I would look at your revenue. If you're doing $50 million a year and you're looking at, if you were to be conservative, let's say 10%, you're looking at a $5 million increase by sending up some really sort of proper advanced email campaign. Now, obviously, if you're down to $1 million a year, 10% is going to be $100,000. So then it's just a case of, all right, so let's say, let's, let's pick it somewhere, let's say $15 million. It's sort of a little bit high, a little, you know, it's not, not super low, not super high. $50 million times, you know, 10%, you're looking at $1.5 million revenue potentially via email on the low end. It could be a lot higher than that. As I mentioned, these other uh, companies I spoke to earlier this week are doing $20 million a year and almost half of that, 30 to 40% via email marketing. They're doing really, really well with it. And so if you're looking at $50 million, a $15 million store and you get 10% with email marketing and that's $1.5 million, then it's just a case of what's it going to cost you to you know, invest or you know, what's it going to cost you to set up the campaign like that. And you've got a few different options. You could obviously you could hire someone like me to set it all up for you, but you've also got, you could hire an employee for that. Because you know, $1.5 million might bring you in, you might be able to hire an employee for $60,000, $80,000 a year. The challenge with, I'm finding when I you know, speak to really hired these employees is if you, hire, if you have like a marketing CMO or some sort of marketing person try and set the email marketing up themselves and they don't specialize in it, it's not going to be done very well. You really want a specialist. So if you can find an email marketing specialist, that could work really well. But you really want to look at their track record and what they've done in the past. You don't want to find someone who's learning as they go or just sort of figuring it out. Yeah, so, so for a client of mine, I advise them to, to, to get someone like you to train them i asked them to to get like a champion you know a project champion in their company who'd be responsible for email marketing and then you know go through like an, ex, an extensive three-month sort of training basically on a weekly call basis to to get them up to speed and get feedback from the you know from the email provider so they could actually learn it and you know they own you know that part of the business um yeah so so they're working on that right now 
you talked about a checklist prior to your talk, or we're talking about this checklist. You have a seven-point checklist for email marketing in e-commerce. Could you expand on, on them real quickly? Um, share the, the the entire you know outline you sent in, in the show notes. We'll go through it quickly. Number one is card abandonment. Now, all of these have basic and advanced. So a basic card abandonment is one email, which is what most people do. Advanced is going to be three or four emails. You know, email one is why didn't you complete your checkout? Email two, so maybe some social proof, some objection handling. Email three might be a story from a customer. Email four is your discount. Uh, number two is a lead capture sequence. So that's where someone signs up. You're going to you know, basically like a prospect nurture where they sign up to the database and you get them to buy with you know, various emails. So a basic version of that is four to five emails, which is a welcome, here's our featured products, maybe some social proof, that's really it. Advanced is where you have, basically you can have like a welcome email. I usually email two is always, did you get our email? If you can get two replies to your emails, you'll skip the spam promotions folder. Email three to 10 can be, I mean, this is obviously going to vary like we talked about depending on what product you're selling. It's going to be a mixture of content, stories, social proof, brand building. Uh, again, it depends if you're selling something that's, that's really about price or and less about the story. I would have an automatic promotion, email 11 to 14, and then email 15 onwards. It's just more of the same, just always, always staying top of mind. Uh, number three is your post-purchase campaign. Your basic version of this is, you know, you know welcome to the family, you know, thanks for your purchase. Email two might be a, you know, please leave us a review. That's very, very basic. Advanced, you're going to want to split first-time customers and repeat customers into two separate campaigns. Then you've got more, I mean, you can do this in different ways. You've got a welcome email, obviously, instructions uh, in email two or resell. So when I say resell, you resell them on the product they just bought, so they're less likely to ask for a refund or return it. Uh, and you also reinforce, you know, you get rid of buyer's remorse. Email three, did you receive the product? Email four is a review. Email five to six is cross-sell. Now, these are just sort of basic campaigns that I brainstorm when I put this together. And you can do this. In, there's so many different ways to do this. There's not a perfect way to do it. The more targeted you can make it, you know, the better it's going to be. Number four is uh, order and shipping confirmations. And the reason these are good is because they get the highest open rates of any emails you send. These are your transactional emails. Uh, that means a lot of eyeballs. So what you want to do is you can, you know, on the basic side of it, you can recommend, you know, your top one to three products in your order and shipping confirmations. On the advanced side, you want to make customized recommendations based on what they bought. So like you could probably like, um, depending on what category they bought their product and you could recommend the top product in that category. So that, uh, that, you know, that's a really good thing that I feel a lot of people don't, don't do or they have on their list and they never get around Especially to it. Especially given the open rates there for the old, yeah. Uh, Number five, we've got your browse abandonment trigger. So that's instead of someone, cart abandonment when they add something to the cart, they go to the cart, they start checking out and then they leave before they pay. A browse abandonment trigger is when they visit a page and they don't buy. So your basic version of that is just email one, here's a discount. Your advanced version is really what I call custom funnels, which is number six. And this is where, like if someone visits your top number one product page and doesn't buy, you put them on this campaign. So you've got email one, why did you buy? Email two, did you get our email? Please reply. Email three, here's the top three objections. Email four, social proof, maybe a successful case study. Email five, a last ditch discount. Now, that's going to vary. If you have a complicated product like a piano, maybe you want to sort of expand on it a little bit and, and take more time to do it. And if you've got a very simple product that's really just about price, maybe you want to hit them, hit them a lot harder, a lot faster. And would you space these emails in, you know, over a week or would you even think about longer, a longer time period? Um, it depends. Like, again, it depends on the product. If it's a piano, probably I'd space them out more because it's a it's an expensive product. Because because some some compers and you know some well in in the UK there are lots of forums and you know tips money saving tips which say go into the cart and then abandon it and then you get a discount. You know they they you know the advice on that and you know so people have sort of reverse engineered how shopping cart abandonments actually work. So if if that discount comes on the same day, you pretty much fall for it from a from a 
merchant standpoint. But if I, I guess if you delay it over like a week, they just, especially if they need it almost immediately, then um, they'll forget about it and purchase. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're selling to people who are going to add something to their cart and then, and then that, like they've figured out the cart abandonment, you're selling to price sensitive people. If they're that fussed about it, and, and so in that case, like the discounts really, you know, it's important. Like I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you'd rather that they buy that way than not buy at all. So you got your custom funnels. Number seven is uh, re-engagement sequence. So if someone has an open click to respond to an email in 30 or 60 days, you trigger a campaign that says, you get on the basic side, you've got, we've missed you, here's a discount. On the advanced side, you'd have email one, we've missed you, no discount. Email two is a deep discount to reactivate, something that's just like a complete no-brainer offer. Uh, email three is an unsubscribe notice that says if they don't respond, they're going to be unsubscribed. And email four is uh, you unsubscribe them, literally unsubscribe them, and then give them a last chance to resubscribe. There's a link to these. So that's sort of just a, yeah, it's a basic checklist I put together. It doesn't cover everything, but it's a good starting point for people who want to do a more advanced email marketing program. I mean, for, for all you DIY guys listening, this is pretty much a blueprint to start off email, um, email marketing the right way. So I'm going to definitely share this, this list. Um, it's quite comprehensive on, um, on the show notes. Okay. Final set of evergreen questions. What one piece of advice can you give to Mid-tier e-tailers keen to grow their e-commerce venture. So some email marketing and do it properly. I think like, and I see this everywhere. This is not just with e-commerce. I've worked with all sorts of, you know, business people, entrepreneurs and companies. And it's amazing how people don't do, they don't take this stuff seriously because I think it's, uh, a lot of people have this like sort of guilt around email. Like I don't want to send emails, it's spammy, people don't like it, or it doesn't work anymore. It's all about Facebook and social these days. And all of those things are wrong. Like, there's like stats. Out, I mean, there's stats out there. I've seen studies that show um, email still, like it delivers more ROI per dollar spent than any other channel, any other medium. I mean, that's including social. That's including AdWords. And it's including everything. Email con- you know, still out on top. And so I think it's absolutely incredible that people don't do this. So I think the best thing, especially with the store, which is um, a mid-sized store, email marketing, if they're not doing it or they're doing a very poor job of it, this could be huge. I mean, this is we're talking millions of dollars a year in extra revenue by setting up some of these campaigns. And it's not going to cost them millions of dollars a year to set these campaigns up. Absolutely. I mean, in e-commerce, there are two key conversions. If you don't make the sale, capture their email. That's just the rule. Okay, so if you could um, choose a single book or resource um, that's made the highest impact on how you view building an e-commerce business and growth, which would it be? I would probably go to a book by Perry Marshall called 80-20 Sales and Marketing. And it's not specifically about e-commerce, but what it will give you is an understanding of how to sell, how the, how the sales funnel process works and, and why email is powerful and why you know, optimizing all these steps is powerful. Uh, and I think the best example of this is this company I mentioned I spoke to last week. They're doing $20 million and their competitors are probably doing two or three. And the reason these guys are at $20 million, they're you know, five, six, seven times bigger than the, the nearest competitor is because they've learned how to do these marketing funnels and how to advertise and how to go out and get customers. I mean, they're not selling like a high ticket product. They're not selling a thing that, you know, it's going to you know, make them a lot of money per thing, but they're doing really, really, really well with it. And I think that really comes back to, you know, understanding that sales process. Too many people in e-commerce, I think, it's just sort of set up a store and run some ads out and, you know, sell some products. But you can do that. You make some money. But if you really want to blow this up, you've got to dial in that, you know, the marketing funnel aspect of it. It takes a lot of time. It also takes copywriting, studying your, your inventory, trying to match things together. It's, it's, it's hard work. It's hard work, but, but the, the dividends actually pay off. Okay. What about your three indispensable day to day tools? Indispensable day to day tools. Well, for something like that, you'd want an email marketing tool. I, for my business, the, you know, the training business and the consulting, 
is just really the agency business. I use Drip, which is an email marketing software that, that I use. Why Drip? Why not Aweber? Why not Infusionsoft? Infusionsoft is more, it's, it's, I feel like Infusionsoft is bloated. Everyone I've spoken to is usually frustrated with it. It's slow, it's clunky, it's hard to use. Drip, uh, Aweber is too simple. Aweber is only like they're 10 years old. They're stuck in the past. They're not really updating the software properly. Don't use Aweber. I use Drip because it's, it's you new. Know, it's done by it's a guy I know who's a software guy, and it's designed to be event-triggered. So any, any event you can track on a website or an app or something like that, you can trigger emails off. And what's great is it's really, really easy to set up. So some of the stuff that I've set up with Drip, I've asked people about it in Infusionsoft, how they'd do it, and they've said it would be a complex, you know, just be a complete massive process to try and figure out how to do it. So I use Drip, but... I think Drip would probably work fine for an e-commerce store because you can just trigger all your campaigns based on the events that people have. However, you're going to be better off with something like Clavio or Remarket or um, some software I think we're going to be putting together in the next few months. Uh, you want some email marketing for e-commerce software if possible. Uh, as far as other tools, I use Asana. I find Asana really useful for t- like Asana, yeah, A-S-A-N-A for um, team management. And I use Evernote. I put everything in Evernote. Same here. Same here, buddy. Same here. What about active campaign? Is, is it any good? Someone suggested it and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I'm considering it's, it's my... T- I was speaking to someone about this last week and uh, they were telling me that active campaigns, not, it's not good for e-commerce because it doesn't store data properly. I have to talk to him about it more to find out the specific details, but he was not, he's, he's, an, he's another guy like me, another e-commerce guy, and um, he does not like using uh, active campaign at all. Finally, how could our audience get to, if want to know you better, um, reach out to you? So what I'll do, I'll, I'm setting up a new site right now, which is going to be all dedicated, focused on this, you know, email free commerce, behavioral re-engagement, all this stuff. And it, it'll be up by the time uh, this goes live. So it's reengager.com. It's R-E-E-N-G-A-G-E-R.com. I'll share it in the show notes. Guys, if you're listening, this outline I have, the checklist is fantastic. And um, to go deeper... Um, into this, um, I would suggest you, you check out John's training programs on, on marketing automation, especially in, in regards to e-commerce. John, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Kinley. It's been good. All right. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.